Synthaholics. File started. A new file has started. Yes. Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. Hey, Dave, what's happening? Hey, so um, I don't know what is happening, actually. I forgot to actually talk to you about this before we started recording. But did you see the news that supposedly Paramount's like, yeah, no, we're not making Star Trek movies anymore. And then, like, the very next day, it's like, yeah, no, we, we are making Star Trek movies, even though there's, like, 16 of them in limbo. Yeah. Did you see I, that? I saw that. I saw that, and I was... First, when I saw it, I was sort of just like, okay, it's probably just like, you know, uh, what do they call it? The, um, not the Phantom Menace. What do they call it? Um, the the haters of all that shit. Um, oh, like the Doom fan, fan the, the fandom menace. Fandom menace, yes. Yeah. Like uh, the the Doomcocks and everything. Yeah, I just assumed it was that, and then I saw that they kind of like changed it. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I I didn't see anything to the addendum. It's just the 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 fandom menace. Um, just mm-hmm. just so much misinformation going out about Star Trek and Star Wars and everything. Although I think the Paramount Plus thing is true, but like I said, like many a time, Zoomcock reports on everything, um, and we'll put his negative spin on it if it's true or not. So uh-huh. uh, it's hard to know. Uh, there's a YouTuber named Ketowalski, I think yeah, that's yeah, how you say his name. He uh-huh. did this video where he, he basically talked about he set up all this false information for fake Star Trek rumors and put it over all over, all over 4chan. And Doomcock, and like it got picked up, and apparently, how 4chan works is that the 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 more people that reiterate the information, the more it's considered true. Yeah. And, I don't know why that makes no sense. I, I don't understand why that that's the logic, but anyway, like there was several fake articles Ketowalski planted that were just he manufactured them, or he and some friends of his manufactured them, and then they got circulated through 4chan enough so that Doomcock picked them up, reported on them because he reports on everything and then claimed he had his other sources, um, you know, confirmed this information that was clearly false. So he has no other sources. All his sources are 4chan and he's got, uh, his imaginary, um, you know, people that just confirm everything that he reads on 4chan so he can so it sounds like he's got multiple sources and so it's just really funny that this guy is just so full of he's he's just not he's just full of hate and that's all he does is just hate on things with no the same thing with Midnight's Edge too I find Midnight's Edge so bizarre that they they report everything in a negative light they never actually like just say like hey you know we don't know much about the show or you know like but they just make all this insinuation well they're they're all best friends uh, Doomcock mm-hmm. and Midnight's Edge, because Midnight's Edge will reference Doomcock, and Doomcock will reference Midnight's Edge. So they're like, you know, and they claim they have some of the same sources and some different sources. So it's all seems like it's all 
4chan stuff. And and granted, like some of their Star Wars stuff did come true, but like I said, he reported on every single rumor there was about Star Wars. Um, yeah, so it's like episode nine. Yeah, so it's I mean, like, like so like you hit you hit uh, you know a broken clock is right twice a day or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Even a broken clock can can strike you know can be right twice a day. So I mean like just because he reports on it, everything, it just means that uh, you know something might be true eventually that he says. <laughs> right. Right. So it's just it's just kind of crazy all the stuff going on. I it just it's just so annoying seeing all these articles and like having to do like all this extra searching and I, I didn't do a lot of extra searching. I just passively saw these things pass through my feed. So uh, apparently, I mean, as far as I know, they aren't stop uh, haven't stopped making Star Trek movies. I mean, they're still theoretically on the table. Um, which I mean, I mean, it's been years since Star Trek Beyond. So they they basically stopped making Star Trek movies as it is. I, I think we're basically waiting for them to start making them again. So right. so I guess we'll just wait and see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would love to see Carl Urban and. You know, oh, Zachary yeah. Quinto come back because they, they've been a lot of fun. Although the the new guy who's writing says his story doesn't involve Kirk Urbicard, so it's going to be just some spinoff Star Trek story, I guess. So who knows? I mean, or maybe- which might be interesting too. Um, you know, you're not really giving the audience anything to jump onto unless it's like a really fantastic story. Um, you know, my issue is more is like all these like sites that just spin all the hate. It's like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like some people have labeled us haters is because we don't like love every little bit of Discovery or Picard. But our stuff is more of like not just hate. We don't hate just because of it. We just we have issues with the storylines that they they provide for us. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm a huge canon guy and and and, and story guy. I, I want things to line up with canon, and I want the story to be good. And if the story's not good, I will say what I think. If you listen to any of our episodes, but any of the old episodes of Star Trek, I mean... We we, we talk about shit a lot about other Star Trek episodes. I, I mean, it doesn't like, mean we don't love them. We've, we've literally done worst of the worst episodes. And the thing is, I mean, some, some bad episodes can be guilty pleasures. I mean, like, If Wishes Were Horses is one of the worst episodes of Star Trek ever. But for whatever reason, it, maybe it's Rumpelstiltskin or whatever, it's kind of a guilty <laughs> pleasure for me. I kind of like watching it, even though it's just so bad. You, you, you know what I mean, and then because yeah, it's yeah. just like it doesn't really break canon. It's just kind of stupid. Where then then you've got other. Oh, I like Spock's brain. I like Spock's brain. I think that's a terrible <clears throat> episode, but it, I love watching it. Yeah. See, so I mean, there's there's different things like that, you know. But then you know, then there's episodes like Threshold, which like just break Star Trek. I mean, they kind of break Star Trek canon. They just in- introduce the dumbest type of canon. If you go, if you accelerate to warp ten, you turn into a lizard. I'm like. But warp right. isn't acceleration. <laughs> right. It's it, you're warping space around you. That's the whole point. That's why you, you don't have time dilation in Star Trek. Well, part of it's acceleration. It's just that you're using the space to warp you, so you don't have to do a deal with time yeah. and uh, the light issues, <clears throat> or you break down into uh, energy particles. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I guess. I, that's that's where we're coming from, and that's you know some people have like sh- shit on us in the past, um, but you know whatever. It's like it's our podcast. We say what we want, and it's it's how we feel about it. It's like there is par- there is plenty of episodes of Discovery that we did like. Uh, there's things that we there was parts where we just felt the stories became were either falling apart or just was like shabby writing. And same thing with Picard. You know, we, and, you we know, came in with. Like, 
highest hopes on all these episodes, all these uh, series. And so. you know the thing is, like Picard, as 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 mediocre as I said the first, you know, like six seven episodes were. Like if they would have, if they would have took a hard left turn on those invading robot things, or if like this was like conspiracy part two, like coming back all this time, and that's why everyone was acting weird. I would have been so sold on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if it was the the bug aliens controlling everyone making Starfleet evil again, I would have been like so excited that this was like coming back. I, I think yeah. that that would have you know it, you know, it was a slow burn to get started, but like if we're going into this hard or if we're going into like the mass effect like alien the alien robots are gonna come wipe out the galaxy, we've got to, you know, rally the galaxy to fight as one against this awful thing coming. Like that could have been fun and interesting, but they just they just threw away all the fun plot lines they could have used, and just it was just bland to me, and that's why I I didn't like it because the story just wasn't it just I don't know it just wasn't exciting enough for me it just wasn't good t- t- in my eyes. Yeah, I, I I think there's I'm not as harsh as you, but there were definitely lacking parts, especially in Picard, for for how good it could have been. I think they just hit they didn't quite hit the mark. And uh, this, like I said, there's some shabby writing in there for sure. That could have been, it just could have been way better uh, executed in my mind. <clears throat> and it, it wouldn't take would have taken a lot either. We're just talking like fixing up some issues with like the the story arcs and and some of the character arcs and stuff like that. I think could have made it so much better. And you know, maybe some of that has to do with what was left on the editing floor too on this on the episodes too for some for some of those issues. So could be, could be. I mean, like but if it's it's been yeah. done before, um, Arrested Development was season four or whichever the first one that came to Netflix. It was kind of terrible, and then they went back and re-edited them, and they were a lot more watchable after the re-edit. So I mean, maybe they'll do the same thing with Picard. Maybe they can do a Picard re-edit and yeah, ma- make it make it work better. Um, well, you can you can look back at our our, our Picard reviews uh, if you like. They're a couple episodes back, maybe a good fifty issues or episodes or twenty episodes back. I can't quite remember how long ago it was since we last covered Picard. But I, I think most of their point is just is just like we don't hate on Star Trek just to hate on it. Like like all these uh, the fandom oh, menace no. people, we are not no. part of the fandom menace in any way, shape, or form. We just want to give your honest opinion as two diehard Star Trek fans. That's that's yes. literally all we're trying to do. Like, yeah, yeah, and and and, and, and it, all of our lower decks have been pretty positive. Like I said, I pull, I point out the canon things, and I'm like, oh, I wish they didn't do that. But all in all, lower decks has been a fantastic show. And we were into like, especially the beginning of second season Discovery. I, oh, I, I remember the, enjoying it. Yeah, the first couple episodes were great, and uh, then it kind of like fell apart for me. So, but yeah, whatever, you know. I'm, you know, I'm third season's coming up. Um, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm trying not to get myself boxed in. I'm just going to like watch it and just try to absorb it and see if I like it without, uh, without prejudice. So, I mean, if we got a whole lot more TIG, it's going to be a lot easier to like it. Oh, I would love more TIG. Yeah. She'd be great. I mean, just her sparring with her, her vocal sparring with Stamets is some of the most standout parts of season two. I wish they had more of her. Yeah, she's so good. I mean, so if, good. If, 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 if season three became the Stamets and Tig show, that would be pretty great. It's like they Pink, should just do a whole spinoff of that. Is it like Pinky and the Brain at Stamets and Tig? The Stamets and That'd the be, Tig. 
one is a genius, the other's insane. <laughs> which one's which? <laughs> they're, they're both kind of both. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, well, this episode, guys, we're talking about the Star Trek Lower Decks episode, Veritas. And this is uh, Season 1, Episode 8, and it premiered September 24th, 2020. Um, really weird episode compared to the other ones. Yeah. It jumps around a lot. It it does jump around a lot, but also, like, it's very reminiscent of the Klingon scene in oh, Star yeah, Trek trial. Six. Star yeah. Trek Six. Yeah. Like yeah, but it, I told yeah, totally. But it wasn't Klingons. I'm I'm not no. sure why they invoked such Klingon-y visuals for something that wasn't Klingon. Yeah, they're called uh, K- uh Ketuvan uh, Ketuvan Prime. This is where they're at and they're uh, we we started off the episode with Mariner, Boimler, uh Tendi and Rutherford getting uh, thrown into like a prison cell into the dungeon, and uh, Boimler is worried that he's going to miss his pottery class. And uh, nine hundred man. And Tenny was wondering if it's the replication of ice that got him in trouble. And uh, and then Boimler says like I saw the senior staff get taken in another room, and um, and that and uh, Mariner says well, obviously we're in some kind of prison or dungeon. And he says, it's much better than a prison, uh, a Klingon prison cell. And says, you know what, you have no idea what, they're, what they do to you in there. So, <laughs> like, so, it's like this, is, this is a resort compared to a Klingon cell. Right. Uh, and then, uh, so they uh, bring them, uh, they're in that dark room and they're brought up, like you said, like just like in uh, Star Trek VI, into the whole, like, look like a trial area. And, and they've got uh, the middle dais. They've got the guy with the gavel ball in his arm. They right. got the lighting yeah, got set up just like it. Yeah, I mean, it looks exactly like it. Tell you the truth, except the aliens look different. Well, they're not playing um, yeah. Right, right. <clears throat> so they have to uh, give their testimony uh, to this like uh, it seems like a lawyer or a litigator named Clare, and uh, the senior uh, the senior staff of the Cerritos is are all like. Up in some suspension beam, watching down on them, not saying anything, not no doing expression. Anything. They're just like looks like they're stuck or frozen, and they have to testify through this hor- horn of candor. The horn of candor. The truth. Yeah. <laughs> where's Where's the little kid? I guess he's not born yet. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, uh, so he uh, this Clara wants uh, Mariner to testify what happened on Sritos on this uh, cert on the uh, on the certain uh, star date. Oh, I, so I, th- I love how, how at first uh, the the guy's like, "You can only speak the truth through this because it's our most treasured relic." And Rutherford's like, "So glad to be here." Yeah, I know. Like, happy to be here. He's like, "Yeah, are you?" Um, so uh, it starts off uh, when Mariner recounts that they're in the repair bay of the Cerritos and they're like talking. And the funny thing, they're talking about who's who's the biggest badass, and Mariner brings up uh, Khan again. She keeps on bringing up Khan. I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. She she likes his man chest. And um, uh, Boimler brings up that uh, Ragar Dangar uh, from. Um, uh, what is it? The um, uh, what's it called? Uh, next gen, next gen episode, uh, the hunted. That's what he brings up is some guy that out outwitted Picard. 
I, can't, I barely remember this episode. <laughs> I don't remember this episode at all. I'd have to like pull it up. I'd have not got a chance to rewatch it. But yeah, it's it's an episode that I don't uh, recall at all. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just funny. Um, but yeah, it's like. Um, uh, so he he was like saying that's that's was biggest badass and she's kind of making fun of him because of it, but then um, uh, was it um, there's a red alert but Rutherford said no that can't be the truth is I made I turned up the, uh, the volume the speakers real if uh, if there was a red alert and but unfortunately he must have done the exact opposite and totally turned it off so there's a red alert everyone's running around outside but they can't hear it in their uh, in the repair bay so. They have to run up to the bridge, and Boimler's all worried because you know it's like, oh, we're late, and there's this red alert, and the captain's going to ask, and he's just just play it off, don't don't even just just agree with everything the captain says, and don't worry. And so they get over there, and Boimler's they ask like, captain says, what should we do about this issue? They're facing with some other alien ship with some bug creature or some sort on there. Yeah, because the the bug creature gave them a map, and it's very upset that they uh, thank them for it. Yeah, he showed gratitude for it. How and, dare you show gratitude? And, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, the, the clickets, that's what they're called, the clickets. And um, so, yeah, the uh, they said, uh, they asked Boimler, like, what should we do? Uh, like, there's no wrong answers. <laughs> and he, like, says, like, like some, like, move or something like that or some, some uh, and, like, they're like... <laughs> Is, is he serious? Maneuver eighty, like, like some crazy like. Oh, and then he brings up Crazy Ivan, which I think is a Hunt for Red October um, uh, maneuver. Yeah, it was a it's a Hunt for Red October uh, uh, thing. That's it's also a Firefly seen. reference. Is it? Yeah, in the first episode of Firefly, they pull a Crazy Ivan where they turn one of the one of the uh, engines backwards so it'll do a you know 180 spin and then turn it back around so they can just do like basically a 180 in the sky yeah it says crazy ivan was a maneuver developed by submarines wherein a vessel did a 180 degree turn potential dangerous uh speed to a uh, view the target and its stern so you just kind of spin around real quick oh yeah it's just, it's, <laughs> basically it's the same thing in firefly to let you spin around so and then uh, Captain Freeman tells Mariner to send the clickets a message, and so she just shoots the phasers at them. Yeah, she shoots the phaser <laughs> off the bow. She's like, what did you mean? I said, invite him for dinner. And just... <laughs> like, what, what else did you mean by sending the message? Gotta be more specific. So, and so uh, we're back in the, um, what's it called, the uh, testimony room or whatever, courtroom, and they're like, what, what are you, it's like, what is all this? It's like, this is, like, you have no idea what we're talking about. We're, we want to know about this map. And he goes, we don't have maps. We have stellar cartography. This what is irrelevant. And so he's going to put her and uh, Mariner into this tank of eels because uh, her, she's not telling him the stories that he wants. So, uh, so uh, Rutherford uh, is going to tell exactly what happens to him since he has a cybernetic implant and he has perfect memory. And he wants to know what happens at this certain star date, but Rutherford's like, ah, "You're not gonna like what I have to tell you what happens on the star date." So any other star dates you want to hear about? <laughs> I got other ones you could hear about. No, I want to hear about this one. So I thought this was probably the most funniest one. Rutherford. Oh yeah, is, this uh, is pretty great. Some, some EPS uh, capacitors, and uh, when Lieutenant Shax and uh, Commander Billups show up, and they. Uh, 
they want to use his implants for uh, Romulan flight manuals and repair information. But Rutherford said, I have to do an update, but I only do that when I sleep because it, it upsets, does things that upset my, uh, you know, functioning. Uh, and they're like, well, you have to do it now. So he does it and he goes offline. He just faints. So he doesn't even know what happens. And all of a sudden, after he's doing the update, he wakes up and he's on, uh, he, he, he's, uh, on Vulcan, and there's like this um, uh, Romulan bird of prey, and they're trying to steal it. They ask him to do the fan dance, which is great. He was also wearing way too many clothes to do the, doing the fan dance, though. I know, but it's great, and he doesn't even know. But then he goes and he blanks out again while he's doing the fan dance, and then uh, he uh, wakes up and he's in his uh, like a spacesuit, and uh, he's just floating out in space. But then he sees that Billups out there, and he has uh, nitrogen. Uh, like too much nitrogen and he's kind of like gonna die if he doesn't get him inside soon and uh, he realizes he's, he's on top of the Romulan bird of prey uh, and, and it's, but it's close so he can't see anything but there is a um, uh, one of those like war- uh, um, Vulcan warp uh, sleds that um, uh, what's his name that uh, Spock rode in the motion picture yeah so, well, there was a lot of uh, fun things because in in the background of Vulcan when they were hijacking the ship, they also had in the background they had the Romulan, they had the Vulcan ship that landed in first contact in the background. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Some cool stuff there. <laughs> so yeah, and um, so uh, they have to. He gets uh, Billups onto the ship, but then he blacks up again, blacks out again, and then he wakes up on a desert planet in the middle of a Gorn wedding, <laughs> and the Gorn starts chewing on his arms. <laughs> then he, he faints again with an update, and then he wakes back up. Also, he's still getting chewed on. He's like, "I'm still in the Gorn wedding," uh, and then Claire wakes up, uh, st- stops him, and goes, "What the hell is going on?" And it's like, so, uh, and then Boimler's wondering why uh, they were stealing a bird of prey and all that. So there's, they don't even understand what's going on. So um, then Rutherford is. Uh, <laughs> held over the tank of eels as well. And uh, then Tendi, who is, uh, gets uh, told to uh, tell her testimony, she doesn't want to say anything because everything she did was uh, uh, classified. Black ops, yeah. So she got Tendi to wear the black to, outfit. Yeah, Tendi was, uh, got um, the task of cleaning the conference room, and somehow she got roped into this black ops operation with, uh, uh, with the commander and then a bunch of other like uh, buff uh, black ops kind of guys, <laughs> and they're the ones who steal the bird of prey, f- and they uh, end up uh, going up against a bunch of warbirds too. They're scanning for them. They're being scanned. No, stop. Be quiet. Are we scanned again? <laughs> And then they go on to this uh, Romulan uh, facility that they sneak onto, and uh, this is where Tendi like kicks a bunch of Romulan asses uh, using some martial arts, and they uh, steal some kind of weird box, uh, which uh, from the from this Romulan uh, facility, and uh, and then you know they have like kind of like oh Tendi you are so awesome you'd be getting an accommodation if this wasn't all like you know. Off the record, uh, so, so secret. Yeah, so so secret. So, and uh, and then this, uh, we back into the um, uh, what's it called, the uh, uh, trial room, and this Clara is like, this is you. 
you single-handedly took on a bunch of uh, Romulan guards that were armed. And she's like, yeah, good. I don't believe you. And finally, uh, Boimler is going to tell what uh, what he what he knew, and uh, because he doesn't want to see his uh, friends being uh, killed in the uh, tank of eels, <clears throat> and uh, he's but he's like, I says, basically he brings out that he he says we don't know what what happened here. We have no idea. We're we're lower decks. We don't we're not given any information. Everything's. And we need to know basis, and we never need to know. And uh, this is where we find out that, um, he, and Claire gets even more upset. He's like, you're supposed to be Starfleet. You're supposed to know that be the best of the best. And he goes, yeah, it's true, but we just don't know. And, like, we don't know what, what the uh, uh, the uh, executive staff is doing most of the time and what the missions are about. So, um, But you're Starfleet. We, you're supposed to know everything. You're the best of the best. Hmm. And then, and then we get your Q uh, show up, and Q shows up and turns them all into like um, what's it called? Um, chess pieces. Uh, chess pieces. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. fighting against. But their their opponents are giant cards, like from Alice in Wonderland. Cards, and, and, and then a like soccer a soccer ball balls. falls. But it's got arms and legs. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and he's he's great. making them fight for humanity again. She's like, what, don't you have anything new to do, Q? I know it's great, and then uh, the doctor uh, Tiana uh, goes against uh, accidentally boards the Alhambra USS Alhambra, which mistook it for the uh, Stritos in a parallel universe. <laughs> <laughs> so they all they all look similar, but not quite. It's kind of funny, actually. And even the human doctor looks just like the cat, except it's human. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So. Um, so then, uh, so and then he just brings up that there is where he says Boimler says tells him that the bridge crew is not infallible heroes and that um, they're explorers and they don't know everything. It's it's a part of their job. And uh, he said Picard didn't know about the Borg when he first encountered them. Kirk didn't know about the giant Spocks on Phylos. <laughs> More Doctor Crusher didn't know about the entity that her grandmother's lamp was that was uh, was shacking up with each other. So. Uh, it's pretty funny, and then he just goes, <laughs> he goes drumhead or something like that. <laughs> <Which he> says, <laughs> it's pretty good. Lots so, of pretty good references. Point, yeah, a lot of really good references, and then um, oh, he also mentions the time where um, uh, first officer Ransom uh, was dating a salt monster, salt salt oh, vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you know that salt vampire. Like they've been extinct like, okay. for a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then we find out that this Claire is actually not having a trial. This is like his birthday party, and he was celebrating. And he finds out later that uh, this was who Tindy rescued in that box. He was in some kind of like cryogenic freeze Stasis or something box. like that. Yeah, yeah. And he was prison prisoner for the from the Romulans for over a year, and they rescued him. And for his hundredth birthday, he was going to, or not his hundredth birthday, but for his birthday, they were going to. Um, uh, you know, do this whole thing where they were like going to re, uh, recant what happened, and it was going to be written in uh, this history stone. But they, the lower decks guys, all messed it up because they didn't know fucking anything. And uh, he's all upset. And then there's another birthday coming in the next twenty minutes, and they have to leave. He only scheduled this for twenty two minutes. And then they were like, "What do you mean? This is a birthday party? This looks like a trial. We're going to throw us into this thing with eels." 
<laughs> so it's pretty funny. And so, it was all about testifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and then Captain Freeman says in the future that she'll try to keep the uh, people more informed, and uh, and then she, and then they just realize that they can't because they can't tell them everything that happened. Dismissed. Yeah, and, and uh, so she dismisses them. And then Mariner runs into Q again with everybody, and she tells them to go bother Picard. And he's like, Picard's no fun. All he does is make wine and turn into a robot. No, he doesn't say turn into a robot, but he should have. <laughs> and, and, and quote William Shakespeare, yeah. So uh, so that was the end of the episode. Uh, Dave, what was your thoughts about this episode? Uh, this is an interesting one. Finally, good to see Q come back. Although I wish he had a more prominent part, and I wish it was a little bit different than just his standard, like, oh, you're on trial for humanity again. Like, uh, uh-huh. uh, it'd be nice if he had a different, like, set of pranks for, like, different Starfleet officers. Because he, I mean, uh-huh. he, I mean he, that was his stick with Picard. And then he came in and Voyager, his stick on Voyager was like, Janeway, you must sleep with me and I'll take you home. He, he, he wasn't trying to, like, you know, put humanity on trial with Voyager. Right, right, but then right. on the Cerritos, he's back to putting humanity into. I was hoping he'd have a new, like, you know, way to mess with them or whatever, on the Cerritos. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I felt that was a little, a little bit redundant with him, so I was a little bit disappointed in the way they used him. I kind of, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised John Delancey looked at the script and was like, "Yeah," because it was so derivative of everything else, you know, cute kind of done before. Yeah, but he just shows up. He lends his voice for like what, maybe an hour at most, and then he's out. Yeah, I mean, he I makes guess. A, makes a check. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. I, I was just hoping for a little bit more from Q. I was excited to see him come back, and it was a little bit underwhelming. Uh, the 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 Q cameo, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it's lower decks. It's been pretty funny. Like the the callbacks in this episode were probably some of the funnier ones. Like the salt vampire was great. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know, all the times they reference all the Starfleet officers like making mistakes. It's like man, they're looking at the Enterprise a lot. <laughs> like I can't, but like Beverly Crusher must have the hardest time showing her face anywhere because they know that she's shacked up with the ghost that shacked up with her grandmother i mean that's like i mean like this it's got she's got to be so embarrassed going anywhere this is like kind of kind of great um this was probably the funniest episode so far to me because a lot of the callbacks were just really really well done yeah there are a lot of good callbacks and they were funny callbacks like they were they were using the star trek lore and like you know in a funny way and uh, this is kind of what I've been waiting for with Lower Decks, like using it. I mean, because some of them have, have been done a little bit, but this episode did uh, more how I was expecting it, the show to in general. So I think this is probably my favorite episode, just uh, for at least for uh, the funniest episode to me. What were your thoughts? I I liked it. I felt it. I mean, obviously the the nature of this episode was going to jump around. Um, Rutherford's story was probably the funniest to me. Uh, just how he jumped around and didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought the Tendy thing was a little bizarre, just that she could take on all those um, Romulan soldiers, but whatever, you know, it's, it's just a cartoon. So, um, And uh, it just, you know, really well done. Like the, like you said, the references are great. Like, just the giant Spock on uh, Phylos is yeah, awesome. Yeah, so many, so many, like, callbacks, like, to animated series. Animated series, yeah, thrown in there again. Um yeah, and um, 
just it's just you know it's just really well done. And this is a, obviously the second time we've seen a, a Romulan bird of prey from the classic Star Wars. So our Star Star Trek, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I, it's, just, I, it's yeah. Go ahead. No, it's just it's just like it's weird that they keep on throwing that back in there. You know, yeah, like, they they love the classic Romulan bird. Yeah, because we had it in Picard, and now it's in Lower Decks. Um, I I um. I am curious, like since they keep they keep making, I really want them to reference the the the, um, the life support belt and like explain why it was discontinued and like I want I because they've been throwing all this other crazy stuff, you know, from the animated series and like you know can- canonizing it all. Uh, that's that's one of my big issues with the animated series. That they um that belt thing. I, w- I want them to reference that. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That might come up. I'm sure it's a possibility because it's 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 so ridiculous. I mean, like the giant Spock was pretty ridiculous. So they're they're uh, you know walking outside in just a belt uh, thing. Is, well, is the belt could good. just honestly just be a way to put atmosphere in there, and um, they put a, a, a shield around them. But it can't be really that stable in the end, you yeah. know, because you have to like pump air into it. So very Oxygen. short duration things, yeah. Because they're always right. using spacesuits in TNG and Voyager yeah. and whatnot. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely did not work well. Um, but, yeah, it's fun. It's still fun episodes. I'm loving all of these. There's never been one I, I've watched and I just thought was stupid. I didn't want to watch it. So so, so we got two more. Do you think that's going to be a two-parter? Because the, I mean, the way the previews for the next one, uh, it seemed like it could be a bigger story than what we've gotten so far. I guess it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, uh, I want it. it would make more sense if they did because I don't think they'll leave it on a cliffhanger for for this. You know, like because who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this gets we get a second season of Lower Decks, but it doesn't mean that we're going to um, that they know exactly what they're going to do with it. Well, I mean. Uh... Discovery season two, the last two episodes were were like a two parter. Same thing with right. Picard; it was like a two parter, like a cliffhanger thing from episode nine, to episode ten. So, I wonder if we do the mm-hmm. same thing with Lower Decks, where like we got like a two part episode for for this too. I mean, like it. it I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't done any reading up on it. I don't know what the title is because usually the title might be a giveaway if it's like part one. But um, right, right. Uh, just the the preview gave me the sense that it might be a bigger story. So, but I mean, they've been doing a lot in twenty two minutes. Like this episode, like you said, it jumped around us so much, and they it's the episodes have all been pretty short. So I mean, like they're doing a really good job doing a lot in not a whole lot of time. I was gonna say I I, um, I just I, I think I'm gonna be a little sad when Lower Decks is over for this uh, season because I really have enjoyed it. And uh, I think it's I think it's really it's hit all the marks that I think I wanted to see for uh, for an animated series that was going to be kind of comedy based. Uh-huh. I think they I think they got everything that uh, I could possibly have wanted. They got they got all the references, uh, all the old you know like you know old episodes being drawn brought up and like little things peppered in, but also just like the irreverency and just the silliness that uh, animation can do. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's part I'm, but I, so I'm going to miss all that, you know, and, um, you know, and then we go into discovery, which I, the hard time I have with discovery 
you know, and Picard, honestly, has just been like the bleakness to everything with it. It's like they're, they're not telling hopeful stories. They're kind of telling like these like stories where everything's shitty around them, you know. And the only thing that's good in those is, is actually the crew itself. And some of the crew's not even that well put together, anyways. Yeah, especially with Picard. So mm-hmm. in lower decks, everyone's kind of a goofy mess, but they're not like they're not like super fucked up. Yeah, I mean, Lower Decks has been been good. I, I, I the only thing I'm missing, I was really hoping it would be slightly more raunchy, being uh, like from Rick and Morty. I was waiting for like a little bit, uh, I don't know, like uh, jokes to hit a little bit harder, a little bit uh, um, in in some ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Just given that it was had some of the Rick and Morty stuff behind it, um, that's the only thing I'm kind of missing uh, for, from the show and what I was kind of expecting from when they launched it. But overall, it's been pretty good. And like I said, this episode had some great references for, uh, for humor punchlines, which was great. I am going to miss it too, because this has been the best Star Trek CBS access has given us in what, like three years. And it's just 10 Mm -hmm. episodes and they're only 22 minutes apiece. I mean, it's half as long as Picard was. Yeah. I guess it's more, I, I love the, you know, because even though these characters are a bit flawed, they're um, they're all hopeful. They all want to, you know. Besides Mariner, they want to like advance in their careers and do better. You know, so Mariner still wants to do good. She just doesn't care about advancement. advancement. Oh, actually, and, uh, she, yeah. go ahead. No, but I, that's the part I like, and that's maybe I'm hoping that we'll see in uh, Strange New Worlds that we'll see still that hopefulness behind everything. Yeah, that would be you nice. I, I guess the one other thing I'm missing is we still haven't gotten like a attendee heavy episode. We haven't gotten much Orion lore or anything. It seems like yeah. everyone's gotten like a pretty focused episode except for her. Yeah, yeah, we don't really know much about her, and we don't even know how the Orion Syndicate. Was it sooner or later, like, dismantled and came into, you know, the Federation? Or how did that I, work? Or I don't or remember do from Deep Space Nine. I think, I think they were still, like, doing crime. Or maybe Orions can just join, uh, you know, Starfleet if they're, you know... If, if, they, they're, if they're on the run from the Syndicate or whatever. Or maybe not on the run, but maybe they just like, hey, we, you know, we don't want to be, I don't want to be part of the syndicate. I want to join Starfleet kind of thing. So, I mean, that's a possibility too. Just like, you know, Nag joined the, joined Starfleet. Yeah, for sure. Man, that was was a definitely missed opportunity if the run syndicate's still a thing, because they could be a good big bad for Picard since they're kind of like super shady out there. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them pop up. More Ferengi. Yeah. You know, Although I think the Ferengi joined the Federation at the end of Deep Space Nine. Oh, do they? Okay. I think so. It's been oh. a while since I've watched the ending of Deep Space Nine. But that's that seemed like it was kind of going that way for the Ferengi right. at the end of that. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, it's just, this show has done such a good job at doing, like, it, it definitely seems like, like Mariner is kind of the main character. Like, everything kind of revolves around her a little bit. But it's still, like, an ensemble show where you get, like, you know, Rutherford and you get Boimler and all the stuff going on with with them. And then you still get some decent time with the with the um, bridge crew. I mean, Shax is awesome. He's just always, like, so mad and so angry. But, I mean, that's kind of how Hero was, always mad and angry. So, I mean, it's pretty apropos for 
the uh, Bajorans. Even worse. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I love the Dr. Dr. Tiana. I, I, it's just so funny, just, you know, like the beginning, like, uh, Tendi's like d- doing the, the, was it, the getting all the cat hair off the seats. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see up the lint roller. It's so funny. You know, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I just like, I just think these guys are like just knocking out of the park for these, um, you know, like all these uh, characters and like, there's nobody I dislike, nobody I don't like to see. You yeah. Know, like nobody yeah. rolled my, it's, there's no, um, uh, what's his name from, uh, uh, from Discovery. Um, I can't remember his name right now. Saru? Uh, no, I like Saru. Um, the, the freaking boyfriend. Um, Colbert? Dipshit. Oh, Colbert? Ash Tyler. Ash Tyler. Ash Tyler, yeah, yeah, Tyler, yeah. 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 I, blocked, I blocked his name. <laughs> he blocked his name, head. yeah. Well, he shouldn't be yeah. in... See, he, I mean, I guess he could do flashbacks, because Michael Burnham will probably have flashbacks to them doing oh, stuff. Oh, remember what I love him so much? Remember when I we went to the holodeck and made him look like a Klingon and we had sex at one time? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like they, These episodes are 22 minutes long, and they've done a better job at showing an ensemble show than Discovery has done with hour-long episodes. I really hope that they pull off the ensemble better in Discovery Season 3. Because that's the strength of Star Trek, is usually the ensemble and how all the characters work together. And when you're just and then Picard, Picard had a stronger ensemble, and it was called Picard. You know what I mean? I mean, right, we right. almost criticized Picard for not having enough Picard in it. He would just, like be doing his own thing and wouldn't it wouldn't focus nearly as much on him as you'd think when a show's named after him and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then so we got Star Trek Discovery which is named after the ship and then it's almost always focused on Michael Burnham so I really hope they do a better job at like balancing that so that's that's my big hope for season three as long as they can balance the uh, balance that and and write good stories I, I should be much much better spirits about it so and hopefully we'll be more hopeful because they're trying to restore the Federation in this dreary future where the Federation is basically dead. So fingers mm. crossed that it'll be a much better season. And it's season three. That's usually when Star Trek starts turning its corner. So We can only hope, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, if you have different thoughts or if you want to chime in, you can always uh, shoot us an email. Shoot us an email at uh, synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can also uh, join us at our Facebook page. Our Facebook group page is uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash synthaholics. Uh, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter as well. At Our Twitter tag is synthaholic, uh, Duo. And if the show is something you'd like to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Synthaholics, and you can donate there. Uh, we've got two more episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks, so <laughs> I can only hope that these are going to be awesome episodes and that we're going to uh, be more intrigued to what might happen for a second season. I wonder if we'll even get a teaser for a second season one then um, at the end of the 10th episode. Eh, probably not. Well, I mean, maybe. I think they did order the two seasons together, so maybe. Who knows? I mean, we might be season, seeing season two of Lower Decks before we see anything else. Like, before we see season four of... Um, yeah, right, yeah. All the live-action stuff takes a lot more effort to 
obviously. And with coronavirus, and like you know, that. yeah, that's probably a lot yeah. harder to do. And then with the, uh, you know, with animation, you know, people can work on their cells and whatever remotely, right. and then do voice acting remotely too. So I mean, that sh- should be hopefully what's coming next after season three of Discovery. So. <laughs> lower decks, more lower decks. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until then, uh, we'll find out. But yes, Lower Decks again for another two weeks, and then we're into Discovery Season 3. And then hopefully back into The Expanse. Woo! For those of you who are waiting for us to get back to The Expanse. (laughs) Well, live long and prosper, one and all. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink Shit our pants You're the best drinking friend I ever had Woo! Cool I wonder if there's any other cameos uh, For other characters In the next two episodes I I would bet there would be uh, I don't know Watch it'll be Picard You you do realize that uh, the guy who voices Boimler Is Jack Quaid The the character in um, uh, uh, Huey in the Boys. Oh, really? It's the same guy. Huey Lewis in the Boys. Huey, no. Huey, uh, what's his name? Huey Campbell or something like that. Yeah, from the Boys. Yeah. Oh, oh, Huey. Okay, I gotcha. He's That's the one that girlfriend got killed. Yeah, by, yeah, uh, yeah. Huey, yeah. That's hilarious. I didn't realize. I, I, who plays Boimler? I didn't even realize that. That's pretty funny. It's hilarious. Ah, it's good stuff. So much Star Trek stuff coalescing because you know you get, I guess, three Star Trek alums and and the boys. You got the Boimler, you got Scotty, and you got Bones. I know. It's funny. It'll probably be like, "Hey, uh, Carl Urban, I'm going to do the Star Trek thing." It's don't worry. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know who Homelander reminds me of? Vic Manana. That's hilarious. Doesn't he kind of remind you of Vic? I mean, it's, I, I get the hair and the way he looks a little bit. I don't know. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I guess a little bit. 